All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Once you found your place in the Word of God, we'll begin reading in verse number 13, have a word of prayer, and then bring the message God has laid upon our heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse number 13. The Bible says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews." who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Our Father, we bow in your presence once again. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity uh, to preach the Word of God. I pray now, Lord, that you would bless the reading of thy Word, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to draw your attention to verse number 17 here in just a moment. And in this passage of Scripture that we're looking at today, uh, we think about the Apostle Paul as he's talking about uh, his trip. That's what Second First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 really deals with. The first 12 verses talks about Paul's past trip as he looks back to his trip when he first went there uh, to Thessalonica. And then these verses talks about his planned trip. Uh, Paul is telling these uh, Thessalonians about his plans that he has made to come and to see them. And uh, he does this in this chapter here uh, as Paul uh, talks about uh, his trip. He is seen in chapter number 2. Well, let me mention this. In chapter number 1, Paul is seen uh, as an evangelist. And then in chapter 2, as uh, we looked at the first 12 verses, he's seen as a pastor. We know that also Paul is seen as a missionary. But here in these verses, we want to see Paul as a soldier. In verse number 17, Paul says, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. And I want us to see Paul as a soldier. He talks about in these verses here uh, how that he was hindered uh, by Satan and how that he faced great persecution. And Paul also talks about the persecution of these saints. And that's something to keep in mind throughout the book of 1 Thessalonians is that the purpose of this epistle is that Paul is wanting to strengthen them and encourage them through their trials and through their suffering. And so here's a, a church of young believers that's going through persecution. They're going through tribulation and Paul is encouraging them not to lose heart. He says that in verse number 17 as he mentions there that he says that uh, he was taken from them for a short time in presence but not in heart. So we see this great soldier of the faith as he is encouraging them not to lose heart. And so I want to preach a few minutes uh, uh, on this subject on how to keep heart in the heat of the battle. How to keep heart in the heat 
seat of the battle. That's where Paul is at. That's where the church of Thessalonica is. And Paul is uh, being the aged man of God that he is, being the soldier of the cross that he is. He is. He's wanting to be both an example and encouragement to these believers. Don't lose heart in the heat of the battle. And Paul does this. I'll mention by way of introduction. Uh, you'll notice that Paul does this by reminding them of their enthusiasm in verse number 13. As he said, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye had heard of us, ye received it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. So Paul encourages them uh, by and reminds them not to lose heart by reminding them of their enthusiasm. And then by their example, he tells them in uh, verse number 14, For ye, brethren became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. He tells this church that you've been a great example to the other churches around you by your faithfulness in persecution, by your fervency in persecution, that you have not lost heart. And so Paul does this by reminding them of their enthusiasm, reminding them of their encouragement. He reminds them in verse number 14 of their endurance. Notice what he said in the latter part. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen even as they have of the Jews. And so Paul says it's now it's not just the Jews that's persecuting you, but some of the Gentiles have got on board. But you've endured that. Well, what an encouragement that is that this church uh, did not lose heart in the heat of the battle. Uh, they endured the, the tribulation and the persecution that was before them. You know, you and I have got to do the same thing in life. We've got to learn to endure hardness as a good soldier. That's what Paul said in First uh, Timothy chapter number two. Hard times are going to come for all of us and uh, our faith is tested and our strength is tested uh, by our ability to endure those hard times. Now, we know that it's not in our strength. We know it's in the strength of God and our faith in Him. But Paul uh, reminds them of their endurance and then Paul reminds them in in verse number 14 and verse number 15 of their enemies. As he says, uh, talks about those countrymen in verse number 14, uh, Gentiles and Jews. And then he said in verse 15, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. So Paul reminds them of their enemies. And I want to say that if you and I live for God, we're going to have enemies in this walk of life. We're going to, we don't want enemies and we're not uh, to try to set a pace to gain enemies. We're to live peaceably with all men. But we have to be reminded what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16 where it said, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Persecution is going to come. And Paul realized that. And this veteran soldier in verse 17, he reminds them that even though he was absent uh, in, in body, he was not absent in heart. That he had these people on his mind. He had them on his heart. You know today as we may be absent in body, as we may not be able to come together, we don't have to lose heart. We can stay faithful. We can stay focused and we can stay fervent in this hour. And Paul is doing that. If you'll notice in verse number 17 that Paul has got his eye on the calls in verse 17. He said, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short season in presence, but not in heart. Paul's got his eye uh, on the calls. And the calls is the brethren. And the calls is, is to keep your heart in the right direction. Then Paul in verse 18 has his eye on the conflict as he talks about Satan and how 
how that Satan hindered him. Uh, Paul knew and he recognized that there was a battle, that there was an enemy, that he was in a conflict. And I don't think it should surprise us when hard times comes in our life. In fact, it ought to, uh, it ought to encourage us to go on uh, whenever difficulties come in our life and we, and we feel like that things have not turned out the way that we would want them or we're facing the battle, we're facing the enemy. We have to realize that we've got to keep our eye on the, the conflict. Don't let the distractions and things that are taking place in the world around us today, don't let it uh, uh, distract you to the point that you lose sight, that we're still to be serving God, we're still to be about the souls of men, and we're still to be striving uh, to be what God would have us to be. So Paul had his eye on the cause, he had his eye on the conflict, and then I want to say in verse 19, Paul had his eye on the crown. Look at verse 19. He said, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? You say, preacher, uh, what should we be doing in these days? We ought to be keeping our eyes on the crown. We ought to be focused on that crown of rejoicing. Keep our eyes, uh, uh, my friend, focused on uh, that there is a crowning day. There's going to be a reward for those that are faithful, not just in the times of prosperity, not just in the times of health, and not just in good times, but we're, we're to keep our eyes on that crown even in the hard times of life. And then Paul had his eye on the coming of Christ. Notice what he said said in verse number 19 again. He said, Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? Amen. Paul had his eye on the coming. And he wanted this church to keep their eye on the coming. He wanted them to keep focused on the fact that even in, in difficult days, even in, in times of uncertainty, Paul said, don't lose hope and don't take your eyes off the fact that Jesus is coming again. And everything that happens in our life, it happens not by chance or circumstance, but it happens for a reason, that God has a purpose and God has a plan. And God is just using this to, to set the stage and to get us closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus. Christ. And so Paul had his eye on the coming of Christ in verse 19. And then I want to say in verse number 20, uh, Paul, as he closes out this chapter, we see that Paul had his eye on the church as he said this, for ye are our glory and joy. Paul had his eye on the church. And uh, it's safe to say that Paul was a church man. Uh, uh, Paul uh, established churches. He built churches. And, and Paul cared for the church. He, he wrote church epistles. Uh, Paul was all about the church. And you know, uh, that's how we're to be as believers. Even though uh, there may be times when we're absent from each other, we still need to keep our, our hearts on the church. And we need to stay focused on the church. And, and he gives these young converts uh, uh, who were also in the heat of the battle, he gives them some things here in this text that will help them not to lose heart. And I want to give those things to you. These are some things that will help us not to lose heart in the heat of the battle. I want you to notice, first of all, in verse number 13, the first thing that Paul gives them to help them to not lose heart in the heat of the battle is he gives them the Bible. Amen? He gives them the Bible. Look at what uh, the Word of God says in verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the Word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. So in other words, Paul uh, brings these believers 
believers back to the very thing that they need in the heat of the battle. He doesn't take them back to Paul's words, but he takes them back to God's Word. And he reminds them of that. He talks about their attitude toward the men of the Bible, of the men that carried the Word of God. He said, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth. In other words, Paul is reminding them that when you heard our words, you realized it wasn't the Word of man, it's the Word of God. You see, these people had the right attitude toward the Bible. I'm reminded of what Warren Wiersbe said when he made this statement. He said, how an individual treats his Bible is how that that individual will treat Jesus. And you think about that. If you ignore the Bible, you're going to ignore Christ. If you treat the Bible, uh, listen, very casually, then you're going to treat our Savior very casually. And uh, what a true statement that is. How we treat the Bible is how we treat the Savior. If you take it seriously, if you submit to it, if you're obedient to it, uh, then that is exactly how that you will treat the Savior. And these, uh, these Christians here, Paul reminds them, don't lose heart in the heat of the battle because you have the Word of God. That's what will help us in times of difficulties, in times of adversity. And there he talks about their attitude toward the men who carried the Bible. And then Paul talks about their attitude toward the message of the Bible. How that when they heard the, the Word, they received it as the Word of truth. You know, if you and I uh, receive the Word of God as truth, then it makes a difference in our life. How we receive it will make all the difference. And, I, and Paul said here, you uh, Thessalonians, you receive the Word of truth a, as the Word of God. I've watched people down through the years when you preach to them. And, uh, and uh, sometimes we don't notice some things, but there's a lot of times when you preach to the same crowd week in and week out, uh, you notice how they're receiving the Word of God. You're able to take their temperature... Uh, but just based on their countenance, some uh, receive it with joy, some receive it with praise, and then some, uh, they're just kindly nonchalant. You can tell they're not taking it in. They're not listening. They're not receiving it. And then some, you can tell when they reject it. I want to say our attitude toward the Word of God is very important. We have to remember when the preacher's up preaching, we have to look past him and not so much see him, but we need to see the Bible. We we need to emphasize uh, the Word of God. We as pastors, we... uh, have to be careful that in preaching the Bible that uh, we don't give them our words and our opinion, opinions or our ideas, but it's so important that we just lay before the congregation what thus saith the Lord. What is it that God is wanting to say to the people? Not what we want to say. And there's been times as a preacher uh, that I've been tempted just like every other preacher to go in and preach what I wanted to preach. Maybe say what I felt like needed to be said. But it's important that people hear the Bible. And that not just that they hear a message, but they need to hear a timely message. Every message ought to be a timely message. You say, well, preacher, how can you uh, know if every message is a timely message? By preaching the burden that's on your heart. As men of God, we must preach the burden of the hour, what God has placed upon our heart. I think it does matter uh, that we not just preach the the right word, but we preach the timely word of the right word. And so uh, he gives them the Bible. And then secondly, in verse number 4, 14, not only does he give them the Bible to help them in the heat of the battle, but we notice here that he gives them the brethren. Look what he said in verse 14. For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. And so uh, Paul talks about other churches. He talks about other brethren. And Paul is reminding them in verse number uh, 14 that they're not in this battle by themselves. That there are some other churches that 
are laboring, are serving, and are going through what they're going through. You know, I would say to us that we need to be reminded that we're not isolated. We're not in this by ourselves. But thank God that there's some other churches that are laboring, other brethren, and we're to pray for them. We're to pray for other churches. And I'm glad that no church has a monopoly on God nor a monopoly on the things of God. I'm glad that God has blessed our church. I'm glad that God is being good to our church. But uh, there are other churches in our area, in our community, that God is blessing and we're certainly not in competition with them and we're not competing against them and we never want to compare ourselves to other churches and I think that whenever churches get to the point that they're comparing themselves amongst themselves and amongst other churches, of course the Bible says that's not wise and, and it's not fruitful neither. It doesn't benefit a church to try to compare themselves. We're not better than other churches and, and uh, we're all a part if we're saved. We that are saved and we that are preaching the gospel, we're all a part of the church, and and uh, and I do believe that, and I, I do believe that. Uh, listen, uh, those that are saved, that we're a part of the body of Christ, and and so Paul reminds them of that. That hey, there are other churches laboring along the side with you, and so don't forget the brethren in the heat of the battle. And uh, whenever Timothy uh, returned back to uh, uh, back at Thessalonica, he found that it, that it was not only Jews that was now persecuting them, but now it was Gentiles, as Paul mentions that in verse number. 14, that they're undergoing this great persecution in the heat of this battle. But hallelujah, they're not in it by themselves. They're not going through this alone. I'm glad that I don't have to face life by myself. I'm glad I have the the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the dearest friend that we'll ever have. But I'm glad I have my Bible. And I'm glad I have the brethren. I'm glad I have the church. And thank God for the church. And so Paul uh, gives them the Bible. And then Paul gives them the brethren. But then Paul gives them something else. He gives them in verse number 15 through 18, he gives them the battle. Paul talks about the heat of the battle. And that makes good sense. They're in the heat of the battle. So why not talk about the battle? Paul says, I'm going to give you some things that's going to help you in the heat of the battle. I'm going to give you the Bible. I'm going to give you the brethren. But Paul says, now I'm going to give you the battle. I'm going to remind you. He said in verse number 15, who both kill the, talking about the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins Always, for the wrath is come uh, upon them to the uttermost. So now Paul is mentioning the battle itself. He's talking about uh, this battle. He's talking about, you say, well, preacher, how could bringing the battle up in the heat of the battle, how could that be encouraging? How could, how could that give them strength in the heat of the battle? I'm going to tell you how. Because when you think about the battle, uh, listen, it ought to, the battle itself ought to bless us and encourage us when you think about these two things. Number one, when you think about the fact that we even get to be in it. Amen? When you think about that God has put us in the battle, sure, we're in the heat of the battle. Sure, we're fighting in this battle. But isn't it good to be in the battle? Isn't it good to know that you're on the Lord's side? Isn't it good to know that, that uh, listen, that you are in the battle and that the fight that you're fighting, the battle that you're facing, it's a good fight. Amen? It's a glorious fight. It is a 
It is God's fight. And when you consider that, the fact that you could be in hell, you're not in hell, you're in the battle. And I want to tell you, the heat of the battle would never compare to the fires of hell. I would rather feel the heat of the battle serving God any day as to feel the fires of hell. And that's where we could be at. And that ought to bless us and encourage us just to know that we're in the battle. And then another thing that ought to bless us and encourage us uh, concerning this battle is the fact that not only we're in the battle, but the fact that we're on the the right side of the battle. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm on the good side. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. Amen. You know, only Christians can can be in the battle and know that we're going to win. Amen. Any other battle or conflict in life, there's no certainty that 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 that, that side can win, that they can defeat the enemy. But you and I are in a battle that we already know we're on the winning side. We already know we're on the right side. And we already know that the enemy can be defeated and that he has been defeated. And so Paul says, I just want to remind you about this battle, that you're in the right side or that you're on the right side, that you're fighting for the right cause. And and then so Paul talks about in verse 15 the dangers in the battle. He talks about in verse 16 the divinity that's in the battle. Uh, He talks about that they're fighting against God. And then he talks about the determination of the battle. In verse number 17 he said, but we brethren being taken from you for a short time in presence and not in heart, notice this, endeavoring the more abundant to see your face with great desire. Boy, I like Paul's determination in verse number 17. He said, I may be absent from you in body. He said, but I'm not absent from you in heart. Boy, I think about in these days. Uh, listen, sometimes we're absent in body, but we're not absent in heart. We, we, can, we can come together. We can, we can draw strength one from another. And Paul is talking about that in this text here. Uh, he's talking about his determination that I am not going to lose heart. I'm not going to lose heart in the heat of the battle. I'm going to keep you on my heart. I'm going to keep you on my mind. What an encouragement for the day that we're living in, in the heat of the battle. You and I do not need to lose heart. We need to stay faithful. We need to stay true. We need to stay fighting. We just need to go on for the glory and the honor and the praise of God. And so Paul talks about that. He talks about not losing heart. And he gives them the Bible. He gives them the brethren. And he gives them the battle. But I I want you to notice in closing, Paul not only gives them these three things, but in verse number 19 and verse number 20, Paul gives them the blessed hope. He gives them this blessed hope. And when he talks about this blessed hope in verse number 19 and 20, he tells us that this blessed hope is going to bring rewards. As he says, for what is our hope or joy? or crown of rejoicing. He said, Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? Paul said, I want you to know something. He said, "This." He said, When Jesus comes, this blessed hope, when He comes, He said, I want you to know that it's going to bring rewards and it's going to bring rejoicing. What a day that's going to be when my Savior I shall see. When I behold His face, when I look upon His face, what a day that is going to be. That's going to be a day of reward. That's going to be a day of rejoicing. The first reward you and I are going to receive on that resurrection morning is we're going to receive a new body. Amen. I like to hear, I like to hear the church sing that song, I'll have a new body, I'll have a new life. What a day that's going to be when we receive 
receive a new body. A body, my friend, that, that, that does not have any sin in it. A body that's been eradicated. That'll be wonderful on that resurrection morning. Thank God when uh, we shall rise, as the songwriter said, it's going to be a day of rejoicing. It's going to be a day of excitement. And Paul says that blessed hope, he said that's going to be, that's going to bring rejoicing. That's going to bring rewards. And that ought to help us in the heat of the battle. Don't lose heart. Keep serving God. Keep pressing on. Keep, uh, keep fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, hey, preacher, keep preaching on. Uh, whether you got a house full or whether you got a handful or whether you got nobody in the building, just keep pressing on. Keep preaching on. Uh, keep, keep charging on. Amen. Because it's going to help you in hard times. It's going to help you in those times of adversity. You know why? Because in the heat of the battle, you don't have to lose heart because Jesus is still coming again. And so Paul talks about that. He talks about the blessed hope of bringing rewards. The blessed hope will bring rejoicing. And then he said in verse 19, the blessed hope will bring the Redeemer. Amen. He mentions our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. I want to tell you whenever uh, the, the rapture takes place, it's not going to be Abraham coming back for the church. It's not going to be Isaac. It's not going to be Jacob. It's not going to be Moses. It's not going to be Daniel. Thank God it's not going to be David. It's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not going to be Michael, the archangel, or Gabriel. Uh, listen, blowing that trumpet. I'm going to tell you, listen, whenever uh, the rapture of the church takes place, the one that's coming for us is our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, the captain of our salvation. Thank God the anchor of our salvation. Uh, I'm going to tell you the one that's coming is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's coming for his church. He's coming for his jewels. Uh, and what a great day that's going to be. And the rapture of the church, the blessed hope, is not that we're going to see an Old Testament patriarch or a New Testament apostle. The blessed hope is that we're going to see Jesus Christ face to face. What a hope. What a, what a privilege. What a blessing that's going to be. And Paul says, I want to give you that in the heat of the battle. Don't you lose hope because our commander, our, our, our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus, he's coming. And that gives us hope. And he talks about that blessed hope is going to bring the Redeemer. And then that blessed hope is going to bring the reunion. Amen. He says in verse number 20, For ye are our glory and our joy. Here's what Paul knew. Paul knew this, that if I never see you again, he said, Satan's hindered me twice, I'm, but I'm determined to see you. Paul had been run off from this church, not by them, but by those Jews. Paul had been hindered by Satan on two different attempts. But Paul said, I want you to know, I'm determined to see your face. He said, whether I see you down here or whether I see you in the air, he said, you're our glory, you're our joy. You're our crown of rejoice. And Paul said, either way, I'm going to see you someday. I'm going to see you either in this walk or life or in the next. Boy, won't that be wonderful when Jesus comes and the rapture takes place and we all meet each other in the air and the church comes together. You know, here we're, we're separated by states. We're separated by, by sea. We're separated, uh, listen, all across this land, God, and around this world, God has believers everywhere and He's got churches and God's got people and, and sometimes we're separated and we're not able to come together. We're not able to congregate. We have schedules. We have lives and, and different things separate us in this walk of life. Now I'm telling you, when the rapture takes place, one of the glorious things about 
about the rapture is that the church is coming together. Friend, every born again, blood washed believer, we're all going to be unified. We're all going to be reunited. You talk about a great jubilee in the air. You talk about a great a time of rejoicing and singing and worshiping in the presence of God. What a day that's going to be. There's going to be no separation. Now listen, on the shores of home, there's going to be no sin on the shores of home. There's going to be no Satan on the shores of home. And Paul said, don't you lose heart in the heat of the battle. You stay faithful. You stay true. You keep fighting. You keep serving God. You, you be what God would have you to be. The Bible is going to help you in the heat of the battle. The brethren are going to be a help to you in the heat of the battle. The fact that you are in the battle is going to help you in the heat of the battle. And he said, and the blessed hope and the glorious appearing, the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. He said, that's going to help you to keep pressing on in the heat of the battle. Friend, I encourage you, stay faithful, stay true, keep serving God. Don't lose heart in the heat of the battle. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the privilege to preach the Bible. Thank you for the brethren. Thank you for the battle. And thank you for that blessed hope. And Lord, we ask you now to use the message. Help us to receive it with meekness. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.